screen really well from where you're sitting? No. Not like really well. Like, can you read my... No. Okay, good. That text is so small. <laughs> I don't know how you read it. <laughs> well, some of it I can't. <laughs> to be honest, I need glasses. I was like, you're so... <laughs> like, I can't see. It's a wall of text. I'm near. There's paragraphs. So, yes. But that's all I can see. And I have my contacts in. Well, I'm just making sure you can't, like... See your topic? Yes. Nah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> We're back on our bullshit. <laughs> Hi guys. Hey guys. <laughs> it's been a it's been a been a hot minute. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> pending. More for you than for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Side note: I don't know if we need to update everybody or like the three people that still listen, <laughs> but <laughs> I think for real we'll actually be able to be more consistent now. Oh, one hundred percent. I live. Here now, or close now, to Talia. Here. I live here. I live here. Yeah. You all live here. Talia and I live close by each other again, and yes. so I think we'll be able to be consistent. Yep. And be for real. Bitch, be for real. God. Oh, uh, so yeah. Death Becomes Welcome to us. Death Becomes Us. Welcome back. Deathies. Huh. Yeah. It's almost like Death Eaters. Oh my god, it is. So cute. You right, you right. <laughs> anyway, that's Krista. That's Talia. Hi. Hey. <laughs> so, do you know who goes first this week? This this time you go first. I go. First. I went first last time. Although they don't know that because that episode <laughs> hasn't been released yet. <laughs> they know it now. That's true. Yeah. It will be by the time this is out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I am first, mm-hmm. and I really hope you don't already know this one. Okay. But I'm I'm nervous that you might. <laughs> Which is fine. We'll I just see. think it's funner when you don't, and I can be like, let me lay it on you. <laughs> Anyway, perfect. So I'm doing Luca Magnata. Do you know that? Do you know that case? Uh, I don't. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Let's get into the nitty gritty. The nitties and the gritties, and then we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. (gasps) Yes, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. You do? Well, mm, don't fuck with cats. Not all of it. Yeah. Okay. I know him because of a very old episode of Sword and Scale, oh. which I don't know if you ever listened to that podcast. Um, he does true crime stuff, uh-huh. but it's like hard fucking core. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Dude, it's really good, but he has a lot of like um, uh, like 911 calls in it, mm-hmm. so like a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. So you get to hear a lot of things. Unsettling things. Yeah. Where it's just like, Yeah. Ooh. And he talks about weird, gross cases a lot. A lot of his mm-hmm. are like buck wild. Mm-hmm. And so he did a case, he did, talked about him, but not about the beginning stuff. Okay. Not about the cat's shit. The animal cruelty yeah, shit. Yeah, not about that. It, yeah, he just talked about his later yeah. and stuff. But I don't, but it's been, a, it's been like... I will refresh. It's been like years since I. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Then you. Yes. It's no offense. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> great because, like I said, I don't know that much about mm-hmm. the rest. That's good because it took me hours to do all this. Fucking I'm research. sure. <gasps> oh. Well, okay. Yeah. So I guess I should preface it by saying, if you have not watched, don't fuck with cats. Yeah to our listeners and you want to spoilers ahead yeah so so. hella hella spoilers (laughs) also i'm kicking myself in the ass yeah because i should have just taken my notes while i watched this documentary documentary. (laughs) 
because I was just like, damn. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's fine. I'll look it up on the internet. And oh, then there's just so, so many stuff. articles and right. so many things the documentary left out. Yeah. That I was just like, now I have to go back through and mm-hmm. like put it all in its proper like. Yeah. Order. Order. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh. It's like, timelines, I think, is the hardest thing for me mm-hmm. with this. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... No, okay. that's totally fair. Oh, but yeah. So I'm, I'm super ready. I'm doing a Luca Magnotta. I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he... I'm trying to decide. Do I want to tell you who he murdered or just start at the beginning and then we'll work? Whatever you would like. Okay. We're just going to start at the beginning then. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) So Magnata was actually born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman. Okay. And then he changed Changed his his name. his fucking name? Yes. Yeah. Well, we still found you, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Or did we? I didn't, but some people did. (laughs) <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, so he's born in 1982 in Scarborough, Ontario. He's the son of Anna Yorkin and Donald Newman, and he was the first of three children. Woof. According to him, his mother was obsessed with cleanliness and would routinely lock her children out of the house while she cleaned it. Oh, man. And she once put their pet rabbits out in the cold to freeze to death. <gasps> Just like, no. Oh. Yeah. Um, his father was diagnosed with schizophrenia in 1994, after which he divorced his mother and... He had to move in with his grandmother. Okay. So their parents split and his mom like dipped out. Yeah. So. Wolf. Big wolf. Yeah. Um, let's see. So he attended Weldon Secondary School in Lindsay and in 2003 he began to appear in pornographic videos. So he's selling himself out. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he would also work occasionally as a stripper or an escort. Side note. I think sex work is very valid. Don't get me wrong. It's just him I don't like. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's true. Sex work is is great and fine and to each their own. And I support support anybody that wants to do that. But not him. (laughs) Not you. Fuck you. (laughs) Rights for all of you. But fuck you. You especially. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, stripper and an escort. Yeah, yeah, and a porn actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he appeared as a pinup model in 2005's issue of Toronto's Fab magazine using the pseudonym Jimmy, which is Weird. even more generic than Eric. But whatever. Strange. In 2007, he was an unsuccessful competitor in Out TV's reality series Cover Guy. He had multiple cosmetic surgeries and auditioned for Slice Network Television, where. Uh, Oh, television show, Plastic Makes Perfect. Oh. So he did surgeries and yeah. then tried to be like, yeah, look how perfect I am. That's upsetting. Oh, it, it gets more upsetting. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. So, <clears throat> in 2005, he was convicted of one count of impersonation and three counts of fraud um, after impersonating a woman and applying for credit cards and purchasing over $10,000 worth of goods. Oof. So, already off to a not good yeah. start. He pled guilty and yeah. received nine-month conditional sentence with 12 months of probation. And then he legally changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata. So. He went balls to the wall. He did. He's just like, all right, fuck you all. <laughs> okay, lucky bye. <laughs> um, so... On August 12, 2006, he created many profiles on various internet, social media, and discussion forums over several years to plant a variety of claims about himself. So, he created false accounts, Mm -hmm. and then he 
would like post about himself from the false accounts. Yeah. Like, look at this guy. Yeah. He's so gorgeous. He's right. so sexy. Yeah, he yeah, should, yeah. He looks like he should be royalty. <laughs> like, these are things that people like said that were really just like his him his persona he was trying to build. And it was crazy too because like in the documentary it shows just like they found like hundreds and hundreds of results when they looked up his name uh-huh. before they even knew who he who was. Who he was. And they were like, there's this guy and he's leading this extravagant life. But, like, a lot of them they started to realize were photoshops. Uh-huh. Like, they could see, like, where his head had been, like, pasted. Yeah. And they found original images and they were just like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? Like, oh, it's so creepy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one rumor emerged in 2007 claiming that he was in a relationship with Carla Homoka. Do you know who she is? She's a high-profile serial killer in Canada. Okay. There's a... I was gonna Woo-hoo. look it up, but I was like, maybe I'll save it for another episode. Yeah. So maybe I'll save it for another episode. Okay. But the Ken and Barbie killers. Oh. They were like a married couple and okay. they killed people. I know anyway. the name, but I don't know yeah. the case. I don't know it very well either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he... There was a rumor that started that he was dating her. Her. Yeah. Interesting. And then uh, a high-profile... Oh, sorry. Though denied... Though he denied this in a subsequent interview with the Toronto Sun. So basically, he perpetrated a an, an, uh, rumor about himself. Yeah. And then got himself an interview <laughs> with the magazines. Uh-huh. And then, like, came in and was just like, this rumor is ruining my life. I have death threats <laughs> and I had to move out of my home. Like, oh my basically God. pretending he was somebody. Even uh-huh. though he was He was not. Yeah. So. Jesus Christ. It's, it's so weird. Um, I'm so, I'm so curious now already. (laughs) It gets so insane. Because do you think, do you think mental issues abound? Oh, absolutely. And like, and how many? Hard, hardcore narcissistic personality. Yeah. Where he's just like so vain and obsessed with himself Mm -hmm. that he's like, I'm going to be famous and I'm going to do it in this like weird unorthodox way. Right. But like. Definitely mental issues. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not good. <laughs> not good stuff. Because I feel like there's some cases where it's so clear that this person is mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that pass for normal. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's so creepy. It is. The, it really is. The, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll see how fucked up it is. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> During the murder investigation, Montreal police initially announced the pair had dated, but soon retracted the statement and acknowledged that they had no evidence to corroborate the claim. Mm. Uh, as with the Homolka relationship, Magnata repeatedly denied the claims he himself denied denied the claims that he had himself planted the perpetuated rumor. yeah per- right. perpetuated the hoax as a part of a right. campaign. Uh, to, like, get attention and fame, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, police stated that Magnata had set up at least 70 Facebook pages, 20 websites, and Jesus. all under different names. Who has the time? What? Yeah. <laughs> How do you have money to live? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. <laughs> do you go to work? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, no. Let's ask him. <laughs> I maybe not. Maybe <laughs> nah, nah. Let's not. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to start with the animal cruelty stuff because it's yeah. pre-murder. Right. So at the beginning. Yeah. So uh, Magnata is alleged to be the person behind a series of videos of animal cruelty involving cats, which were posted to YouTube beginning in 2010. Mm. So there's the first one, which is one boy, two kittens. And it's basically, like, 
I think the worst part about it, because the documentary, it doesn't show the whole video. Uh-huh. It doesn't show any of the whole videos, thank yeah. God. Yeah. But it shows, like, enough just, for you to be like, I'm pretty, oh. I watched the trailer, and yeah. enough was in the trailer that oh, I was yeah. like, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you're watching it, and you're just like, this knot in your stomach. Yeah. Because you just, like, know something bad is yeah. going to happen. But, like, it cuts away. Right. So I'm like, thank God, but still, it's just. It's upsetting. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, in the first one, he puts the two kittens inside a sealed, like, vacuum bag uh-huh. and attaches a hose and then just, like, sucks the air out oh. and suffocates them. Yeah. And it's just, it's horrible. That just makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. So, in January of 2011, a f- private Facebook group identified him as the person in the videos. Okay. Which is basically what the documentary focuses on is this Facebook group because because it's like two people kind of Mm -hmm. a lot that were like yeah investigating yeah because it's these so they created this group after this video got posted and Mm -hmm. everyone was like let's find this find this kid yeah and so they're like trying to like locate where in the world he is like they're watching the video and like looking at like the wall atlas to see if they're American Uh you know like they're trying to they're super sleuthing it up basically yeah 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 so yeah they actually get an anonymous message from a blank page that says the person you're looking for is Luca Magnata and that's when they look him up mm-hmm. and they're just like who the fuck is this guy but basically they're just like trying to like side profile pictures of him uh-huh. with the guy in the video because you can see like the side of his face mm-hmm. and they're just like this is our guy like, yeah you know interesting yeah so they identify <clears throat> him in the videos and animal rights activist groups offer a five thousand dollar reward for anyone to bring him to justice he was initially dubbed the vacuum kitten killer by online animal activists he haunted the online sleuths posting in the groups from fake accounts and he even posted a picture that was like a picture of him on the bed holding the two kittens ah! before they were dead ah! and his face is just blurred mm-hmm. and he like went into this Facebook group and posted it. Mm-hmm. Like he was just fucking with these Jesus. people. Like taunting them. What an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right? Seriously. Well and again, narcissistic personality like who, who, who goes into a group like that and post mm, shit? Like, here's this group that's trying to find me. Better pop let's in real go quick. In. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Let's not, Luca. That's definitely, like, an ego. Like, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna play games with them. Yeah. And I'm gonna, like, make yeah. them talk about me more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Incite the riot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the lynch mob. Oh, God. Yeah. And then he, after that, he posted a second video with the two kittens, but it was after the first one so they were dead mm-hmm. like they were just stiff and he was like moving them around and like playing with them and uh, stuff and I guess it's reported that he also was like rubbing them on his genitals which uh, is just like why why do you God. have to be so horrible <laughs> why are people the worst yeah why are they the worst mm-hmm. all right so then there's three more videos posted mm-hmm so the first one is called Bath Time, LOL. And it's... Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, it's a cat that's taped to a broomstick, and the bathtub is full of water, and he puts the cat in until it drowns. Just, like, taped to the stick. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's not. And uh, I, didn't get, I didn't get to go through my notes and, like, add some of these oh, details that yeah. I wanted to because yeah. I forgot until this morning. No, but that's fine. 
So he started playing with them with like his fake profile names. He was uh-huh. referencing other serial killer cases. Oh. So like the Moore's murders uh-huh. with the where the, the couple that killed kids. Yes, out bath in the Moors. time was in reference to one of the kids they drowned. Oh. And the name he posted the link under was the name of the little girl the that girl. they killed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So like he's hardcore like playing games with mm-hmm. them like he's like referencing other serial other killers yeah. and like victims and yikes yeah it's pretty yikes crazy and um and then the last one sorry there was only two not three the last no, one fine. is called python christmas and it's it starts with him and he's like wearing a santa hat mm-hmm. he's got a little kitten and he's like like wagging the ball in front of it and it's like uh-huh. playing and stuff oh kid. and then and then it's just like it sees something and it's like on edge uh-huh. you know yeah. and then you basically just realize there's a giant fucking python snake that just like eats the shit out of it which it's oh. like it's a snake of course like yeah you, you can't be mad at the snake for eating the right small cat because it's a snake it's a snake they do yeah but yeah Still, oh. but he's even playing the like. I think it's the little drummer boy mm-hmm. in the background. Christmas music, just like so so mean. Jesus but yeah, Christ. so he fe- it's he feeds a four month old kitten to a seventeen foot long albino Burmese albino 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 <laughs> albino Burmese python. Just a huge snake. I found pictures of him holding that fucking snake oh. when I was like looking, looking up, stuff, up stuff, and I was just like. It's well, huge. yeah, that's massive. That's <laughs> a massive so snake. Huge, yeah. And where is it? Is it his snake? I, I asked I'm that so, so many times. Curious. Like, is it his or no? I was like, where is this this man's snake? Because like, according to his like shit, he's always moving. Like yeah. he's traveling, and it's uh-huh. like who can take care of a fifteen foot fucking snake if they're not home? So mm-hmm. I'm like, whose snake is this? Yeah, you know. Well, and. And not every place allows exotic pets or, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think some places don't allow, mm-hmm. like, snakes or reptiles or whatever. Yeah. You can't just, like, pick up and move with a snake. Mm-hmm. It's true. Especially a fucking 15 foot, yeah, sorry, a massive, 17 foot one. A massive one. Like, Jesus. I was like, Jesus Christ. I had to hunt to find a place that allowed my 70 pound dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's injustice, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> In February of 2011, Toronto police began investigating Magnata in connection with the videos after receiving complaints from the Ontario Society for the Prevention of Animal Cruelty. Mm -hmm. Um, The OSPCA also contacted the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in England, the FBI, and the police in Montreal due to the suspect's extensive travels. Hmm. Many of these online activists worked so hard to catch him for animal cruelty video pleas, but their pleas to authorities to take them seriously, saying they eventually feared would shift from animal cruelty to humans. Right. Right? As so, it often does. Yeah. So, like, they were not only saying... Especially the, this kind of cruelty. Mm-hmm. Like, this is next level shit. Exactly. It's, like, sadistic shit. Oh, yeah. But they're... So, ba- basically, they're pleading to the police, like, take these seriously because it's kittens now. Yeah. But it could be human later. Right. Like, at oh, least yeah. look into this individual... Mm-hmm. Like, he might need psychological help. help. Right. And, like, not have access to it or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But, yeah, so. 
it, it, nothing came of it. The cops right. basically were like, sorry, no. Like, we can't do anything about a guy killing kittens. <laughs> so they did nothing. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was even, uh, it was so frustrating. In the documentary, they said his name, but I couldn't find it online, so... I don't mm-hmm. know his name, but a reporter for the Sun newspaper, mm-hmm. British reporter, mm-hmm. he got an anonymous tip that said Luca Magnata is in this hotel. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the hotel and he wore a wire to record the conversation. Mm-hmm. He's basically just like, people are saying that the boy in these videos killing these cats is you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, that's not true. And he's like, are you sure? It looks like you. <clears throat> and he's like, you know, people are really good with Photoshop these days. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, no one is photoshopping an entire video of someone to look like you. Well, not back then. Yeah. I mean, 2010, like... Not I still think... I still say not back then. Not in 2010. I agree. I agree. No, so... It's ridiculous. And he's like, well, why would someone do that to you? Like, why would someone frame you? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, a lot of people, like, have it out for me. It's like, what? You're so (laughs) full of shit. (laughs) Like, who? Yeah. Sir? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's so ridiculous. So it's upsetting. Anyway, yeah, he he denies the mm-hmm. being involved in the videos. Mm-hmm. But then after the after the visit to his room, mm. that same uh, journalist uh-huh. reporter reporter he gets an email from. Uh, once again, it was one of the names of one of the Moore's victims. Mark, okay, or, yeah, one of their victims. Uh-huh. It was his name and. It basically said how much he enjoyed everyone trying to figure out who he was and knowing he was always one step ahead. And he said he would soon be releasing a new video that would have humans in it instead of pussies. Mm-hmm. Right? Which like, is that's... what everyone wanted. <sighs> like, like the, the, that's the part of the case that I know about. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit about. Mm-hmm. It's that. Well, it's so interesting in the documentary because it's like... I started it, and I was like, I thought this guy killed people. Like, mm-hmm. it was just talking about cats. And I was yeah. like, is it just cats? Like, Because yeah. it's a three-part thing. Uh-huh. It's an hour each episode. Oh. And mm-hmm. you don't even know about the human until the end, end. of mm-hmm. the first episode. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took you forever to get here, but it's right. fine. Right. Uh, so, yeah. In the letter, he said, in the near future, you will be hearing from what? No, go ahead. Oh, I'll, he, I'll tell you in, like, two seconds. Okay. In the near future, <laughs> you will be hearing from me again. This time, however, the victims won't be small animals. I will, however, send you a copy of the new video I will be making. You see, killing is different than smoking. With smoking, you can actually quit. Oh, my God. So ridiculous. <gasps> also, that's a popular reference to a movie because... The part of this that I chose to let leave out for now, because there's just so much other shit to get to, mm. is, like, he's making references to, like, basic instinct oh. and, like, movies like that. Uh-huh. Like, literal word-for-word quotes that he, like, says yeah. and stuff. It's, it's wild. Weird. I was gonna say that, to me, that's just further proof that he is in the video. If he emailed the reporter after the reporter went and talked to him mm-hmm. and then got the email. Right. Like, I was like, it's just how too... would he know which reporter to email? Yeah, or, exactly. Like, like that's too. Exactly. I don't know. Yep. So it's, it's ridiculous. So now we're getting into the actual, the, the actual. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. June Lin was born on December 30th, 1978. He was an international student from Wuhan, the capital of central China's Hubei hmm. province. Hmm. And he had moved to Montreal to study computer engineering at Concordia University. 
Loonjin was described as a smart young man who committed who was committed to his studies and who was the pride of his family. He had been working part-time at a convenience store in Point St. Charles alongside his university course, and his family said that he had plans to stay in Canada and was eventually hoping to start his own business. Ugh. So he was a yeah. he was an aspiring yeah. man. A hard worker. Yeah, he had been in Montreal for less than a year and didn't have many friends and was described by his best friend as reserved and shy. Oh, it just sweet angel I baby. Know. It breaks your heart. <laughs> so Lynn met Luca when he answered a Craigslist wanted ad for an attractive male to be in a movie, <laughs> which is just like oh, no, it's so fucked. Uh, June Lin was last seen on surveillance camera with Luca entering his apartment building at 5720 Carey Boulevard on the night of May 24, 2012. His friend did report getting a text message from his phone around 9 p.m. So that's the last oh, yeah. anyone sees or hears from yeah. him. His boss became suspicious when he didn't show up for his shift the next day. Three of his friends went to into his apartment on May 27th. He, re- he was reported missing to police on May 29th. Okay. So just a couple of days. A couple of days. Yeah. Um, video surveillance also shows Luca leaving the building wearing the same t-shirt that Junlin came in wearing. wearing. Okay. So he's he like... stole his They clothes. had surveillance cameras at the front entrance, which mm-hmm. had... A, a set of doors and then a space and then another set of doors which mm-hmm. he had to unlock with a key oh. and there's video surveillance of him leaving mm-hmm. wearing June Lin's shirt uh-huh. and then coming back shortly after um, so they believe that he went to the store to get stuff to clean up the uh-huh. blood and the mess and uh-huh. everything because he had sacks and also when he came into the building before he came through the doors he stopped in the lobby and like checked himself out in the mirror and was like all vain and stuff like he had just murdered someone right and he was like completely blase and like yeah being all like checking himself out it's just definitely psychologically fucked up wild (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's insane so A janitor discovered a suitcase with a padlock on it in an alley behind uh, Luca's apartment building. At first, he suspected it was just trash, but the fact that it had a padlock on it made mm-hmm. him question it. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, um, yeah. And then, Spish. and then he realized that there were flies and maggots, and it was uh-huh. there was a bad smell. There was and something he was like, in not it. Good. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, he opened the suitcase and he found a decomposing torso. Mm-hmm. So just a torso yeah which is super sad um he saw the first saw the suitcase on may 25th when the murder had actually taken place Mm -hmm. but due to the large amount of garbage it hadn't gotten taken Uh or yeah yeah so it was there for a few days Uh just chilling so they found out the murder took place inside 5720 dakari boulevard after searching the scene police recovered human remains bloody clothes papers identifying the suspect because he's a dumbass, as well as sharp <laughs> and blunt objects, and yeah. the body par- and the body of a small black and white dog. Ugh. So basically, there's the suitcase, and then there's a whole bunch of black trash bags. Yes, and they opened all the trash bags. Uh-huh. And there was the dog's body and everything else. Yeah, incriminating. Yeah, there was a knife, and there was a screwdriver that was painted to look like an ice pick, like it was metal, yeah. like painted metal. There uh-huh. was a Casablanca poster. Oh my god! And there was Luca's like. A bunch of his papers that were like torn up, mm-hmm. but like his name was on it. On it, and yeah. They were like, Dude. "Come on, <laughs> dude." So not smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, so they also, when they went back and they checked the footage um, from this, the building, yeah. there's, in the back where the trash cans are, there's just hours of footage of him going back and forth with, oh. like, his actual trash can and just, like, dumping it. Uh-huh. And it's, like, hours. At, like, 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. He's just, like, dumping all this trash. And they're just, like, uh-huh. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So... At 11.33 p.m., police searched the apartment the apartment 208, which Magnato was renting. He had moved in four months prior, and his rent was paid up until June. The apartment had been mostly emptied before he left. Blood was found on different items, including the mattress, the refrigerator, the table, and the bathtub. Mm. There was also, uh, in, written in red ink inside one of the closets, it said, If you don't like your reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. Cool. <laughs> cool dude. <laughs> Interesting. Is that? Do you think that's a quote from something? I don't know. It might be another like basic instinct quote. Uh huh. Because there were there were a ton. A lot. Because like they talked to his mom and she basically is like says that he's like a cinephile. Like he likes movies. Oh, uh huh. Like old black and white movies uh-huh. and stuff like that. But yeah, he really likes basic instinct. Interesting. It's like. And in the Basic Instinct movie, she kills a man with an ice pick. Yeah. So, so, it's like, so here we are. Yes. <laughs> Come full circle. <laughs> so on May 25th, 2012, so the day the, the murder actually took place, mm. not when his body was found. Yeah. An 11-minute video titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick was uploaded to bestgore.com, which gross. Yeah. Let's not. Yeah. So it's got a naked man tied to a bed frame, and it's like at first he's just kind of like stroking his face and stuff. Yeah. Like being all loving. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts fucking stabbing him with a ice, ice pick, pick, which is actually just a screwdriver. screwdriver. But yeah, he's just yeah. reportedly, like, uh-huh. or repeatedly stabbing, stabbing him. He's just like, Ugh. no. Um, and then. So, genuine snuff film. Yes. Uh, a real. A real I, hate snuff film. I hate it. I hate it. I fucking hate it. He just straight up ties a man to a bed and, and, and kills him. And kills him. Yeah. Um, and then he dismembers him, and it's followed by acts of necrophilia. So, mm-hmm, gross. Mm-hmm. The perpetrator used a knife and fork to cut off some of his flesh and got a dog to chew on his body. So, my assumption is that it was his dog. His dog? Yeah. I don't know. Well, makes... I don't... Or he got it just for the video. Yeah. I, I, it's hard to say. I feel like it would have to be his dog. Or something. At some point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Because where did the dog come from? And where did the snake go? <laughs> it's in the closet. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's why I don't think it's his snake. Because, like, how's he just going to keep a 17-foot ball... Or not ball python. Fucking... Unless he killed it. That's true. He could have oh. That makes me so sad. It just kills everything. Everything. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so during the video, the 1987 New Order song True Faith plays in the background, and there's a poster for the 1942 film Casablanca. Just what bad press, right? For them, yeah, for real. Oh. Um, Canadian authorities obtained a more extensive version of the video and said that cannibalism also may have been performed. And then the end of the video shows Sounds him in the bathtub with Lynn's head, head, and he's just doing shit, fucking with it. Yep, yeah, yep doing not good things. I can't. 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> we do this to ourselves. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we did create this podcast. <laughs> we did. Oh. So Lynn's dismembered body was recovered in stages. His severed head, uh, severed and decomposing head, being found in Montreal Park about a month after his May twenty fifth murder. Or yeah, murder. yeah, yeah. Um, the amount of blackened blood found in the neck area was irrefutable evidence that it happened while he was still alive. Oh. When a person dies and the heart stops, blood isn't found uh, at the injury sites. There were three categories of injuries to Lynn. The anti-mortem, severing his neck, and likely perimortem? Perimortem. Perimortem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which means at or, at or around the time of death, blunt force blows to his forehead, eye sockets, and facial bones, and 69 post-mortem wounds that included penetrating or stabbing injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, they were around his navel and blunt force injuries in or around his anus. Yeah. So. Yeah. All the bad stuff. 100 Of the injuries <laughs> to his face, which were probably caused by a hammer because of telltale semicircular lines of a hammer were all visible. There were probably too many fractures to be counted. Traces of sleeping pills were found in his system. Mm. And then in the trash ba- in the trash bags, yeah. they found a wine bottle and it tested positive for the sleeping pills as oh. well. So our only hope is that he was unconscious. Unconscious. Yeah. Oh. Because. Please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I would like to be unconscious for something like that. <laughs> Same. Honestly. <laughs> um, so Lynn's body was severed at the ankles, wrists, shoulders, and thighs. Superficial marks indicated an edged weapon like a knife could be seen. It suggested the killer may have first attempted to cut through the bones, but then abandoned that and used a blunt object like oh, a hammer. to like break the bones. To, to smash the bones. Yeah. Because he couldn't cut, cut through them. them. Yeah. Bones are hearty. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it is super fucking gross. Right? God. Oh. So, materials promoting the video had been online 10 days before the murder took place. So, it was kind of like advertising yeah. that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. On May 26th, an attorney from Montana's uh, from Montana attempted to report the video to Toronto to, to Toronto police, his local sheriff and the FBI, but the report was dismissed like cool <laughs> and then best gore viewers attempted to report the video like they tried well, to report the video good for they, them even though they're on best gore <laughs> still like yeah. what are you doing what is wrong with you right yes watch some bob's burgers <laughs> God. <laughs> Something. Police later confirmed that the video was authentic and it identified the victim as an Asian male. So, 11 a.m. on May 29th, 2012, a package containing a left foot was delivered to the national headquarters of the Conservative Party of Canada. So, there's one body part. Cool. The package was stained with blood and had a foul smell. It was marked with a red heart symbol. <laughs> Another package containing a left hand was intercepted in Canada Post Processing Facility that it was addressed to the Liberal Party. Oh, so, so he sent, like, like, body parts to each yes. party? Yes. This, this is not a party. Yes. I don't like it. Luca, no. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a horrible person. Yeah. So on May 30th, 2012, it was confirmed that the body, the body parts belonged to the same individual, later identified as, as uh, Jin Loon. Uh-huh. June Lin, sorry. Uh-huh. The yeah. suspect in the case quickly identified as Magnata, who was uh, who had by then fled. A note was found with the package sent to the Conservative Party saying six body parts had been distributed and the perpetrator would kill again. 
So he's just like, yeah, body parts. I'm and out. I'm kill more people. There was also one. I can't remember which one it was, but one of them he had put like a little poem in there, and it said, "Roses are red, violets are blue. The police will need your teeth to identify you ah. or something." Yeah, it's just like, oh no, I don't. Mm. Oh Mm-mm. no, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just bad. Um, let's see. The other three packages also contain notes, but their contents were never disclosed by the police, who cited their concern for a possible copycat crime. So they're just like, nope, nope, nope. On June 5th, 2012, a package containing the right foot was delivered to St. George School and a package containing the right hand to False Creek Elementary in Vancouver, British Columbia. Jesus Christ! Send body parts to children! Can we not? Did your mother not teach you better? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly. I... I'm side. I am kind of curious. Do you think the mom had OCD, like genuine OCD, and was like possibly a problem? Not a problem, but like a problem. I mean, she not that OCD is a problem. I'm just saying. Well, no, I know what you mean. Like yeah. a problem for his upbringing. Upbringing, yeah. Yeah, and his dad it's had possible. schizophrenia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Woof. Big woof. I don't. His mom is a whole nother. Mm-hmm. Like. Avenue. I left all that shit out too. Yeah. But like, basically, she was in denial that he had done any of it. Uh-huh. When the cops came, she was just like, "He's being framed. This man made him do it." Uh huh. And it was a whole thing where it was just like a hundred percent fucking untrue. And yeah. and she was just because when they first showed up Yikes. and and they were like, "We're looking for your son," she was like, "Is this about the cat videos?" And they were just like, "Really, <laughs> <laughs> ma'am? Really, ma'am? No." <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it was confirmed that both packages were were sent from Montreal. On June 13th, the four limbs and torso were matched to Lynn Lynn using DNA samples from his family. On June 1st, his head was recovered at the edge of a small lake in Montreal's Agnagnon Park. Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. After police received an anonymous tip. Yes. Do you think any time there's an anonymous tip, it was him sending in the tip? It couldn't have been then, just because, well... Uh, maybe. When did he get caught? It could have been. It probably was. I just feel like he wasn't, with he his, wasn't in jail yet. I was like, with his narcissism, I wonder if any time there was an anonymous tip, it was him. Like, oh. Even back... Even back when he was like, the, the person you're looking for is Luca Magnata. Yeah. In the cat he, Absolutely. Uh-huh. It could have been him. Like, uh-huh. I, I think every anonymous tip was, was probably him. him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty likely. Because what anonymous person would be like, he's at this hotel in this room. Uh-huh. You know, without Who would it fucking know him. that? Yes. And, like, he acts like he's so smart. Like, I'm one step ahead of you. It's like, everyone knows it's fucking you. Yeah. Like, you dumbass. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Interesting. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted. You're good. Totally fine. Lynn's body was cremated on July 11th, and his ashes were buried July 26th at Notre Dame. Uh, something cemetery in mm. Montreal. Mm, mm-hmm. Words are hard. <laughs> Mouths okay. don't work good. Wonder now. <laughs> you want good words? Uh, Data languager. Right? <laughs> Too true. <laughs> um, police went to the post office, poured over the security videos, and eventually they found video footage of Luca at the post office with the packages. With the packages. And they were like evidence 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 stacked up against you in every way yeah um so an arrest warrant for magnata was issued by the service de police de la villa de montreal hooray french police (laughs) i'm pretty impressed with myself right now (laughs) 
notification. <laughs> they later upgraded to a Canada-wide warrant by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, accusing him of the following crimes. First-degree murder, committing an indignity to a dead body. Yeah. Publishing obscene materials, mailing obscene materials, indecent, immoral, or scurrilous material, and criminally harassing Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper and several unnamed members of the Parliament. So they're like, yeah, fucked. We're going to charge you with all the things. We're going to throw everything at you. (laughs) Come at you with everything we've got. I support it. I do, too. On May 31st, 2012, Interpol issued a red notice for Magnata at the request of Canadian authorities, and for several days before and after his arrest, his name and photo were displayed prominently in the top homepage of the Interpol website. Mm. So they were like, catch this guy. Interpol most wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like advertised and it was on mm-hmm. TVs and it was posted everywhere and he was Damn. on the run. Yeah. The red notice uh, requested that Magnata be provisionally arrested pending extradition back to Canada ch- uh, by a- a- by any Interpol member state. Hmm. Magnata booked a ticket for a flight from Montreal to Paris on May 25th using a passport in his own name and is seen on airport cameras going through security wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. <sighs> <laughs> It's like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't get to wear Mickey. Don't defile Disney like that. (laughs) Disney don't want you. They don't want your support. No, they don't. (laughs) Don't want it. Don't need it. They definitely don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) After his arrival in France, his cell phone signal was traced to a hotel in... Bagnolet? Bagnolet? Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) But he had left by the time the police arrived. Pornographic magazines and an air sickness bag were found in the hotel room. Magnata used a false passport with the name Kirk Trammell. Come on, Kirk. Kirk. Stop. (laughs) At the hotel, he had contacts from Paris from a previous visit in 2010, and police were following a large framed man who had been in contact with Magnata. Another man said he stayed with him for two nights and did not realize who he was until he had left. Oh! Whew! Right? Jesus, talk about cutting it close. You had a fucking killer in your home. Yeah. For multiple days. It's so interesting because they talked to one of the guys that he stayed with while he was in Paris. Mm -hmm. And the guy was just like, I... He did not act like he had just done something like that. Like, yeah. he was, like, he was totally calm. He was polite. Yeah. Like, he came in. We talked for a moment. We went to bed. Nothing happened. Yeah. Like, he was, like, he didn't act nervous or skittish. And it's just, right. like, yeah, because he's a fucking psychopath. psychopath. Like, yeah. he doesn't feel those things. Yeah. Or, like, he's really good at masking them. Like, he doesn't think he's going to get caught, you right. know? Oh, yeah. He's just, like... <laughs> they can hide it you know (laughs) it's happened more than once yeah ted bunny (laughs) magnata then boarded a Euroline's bus at the bagnolet coach station bound for berlin germany on june 4th 2012 he was apprehended by a berlin police at an internet cafe um in the new colon district while reading news stories about himself uh surprise surprise yes uh but way to go berlin right coming coming in clutch at the end there seriously (laughs) like it was interesting because the guy that kind of like was responsible for him getting caught Uh like he was like saw him coming in and he was like is this the guy i think this is the guy (laughs) but he like wanted to be sure Mm -hmm. so like he led luca over to the computers and was like Mm -hmm. go ahead use the internet and then he was like sweeping and like picking up trash yeah and just like glanced over at the computer and luca's just like typing in his own his fucking own name. name oh yeah oh and my he god he was just like that's him that's fucking him like, <laughs> jesus yeah, it's so crazy like your fucking vanity is your downfall yeah come on <laughs> oh. 
Uh, yep. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. So he tried giving fake names before finally admitting who he was because they're not stupid. His yeah. identity was confirmed through fingerprint evidence. Magnata appeared in Berlin court on June 5th, 2012. According to German officials, he did not oppose extradition. There was sufficient evidence to keep him in custody until extradition, and we agreed to a simplified process. Oh, he agreed. Mm. On June 18th, 2012, he was delivered to Canadian authorities in Berlin and flown aboard a Royal Canadian Air Force uh, jet. Uh-huh. Because uh, the rest of the travel companies were like, no, we don't want a serial killer or a murderer on, on our, our flight. flight. <laughs> yeah. And they were worried about like... It, random problems people yeah 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 um so yeah due to safety concerns with using commercial flights and p- potential legal difficulties uh-huh. especially if for whatever reason the plane were to be diverted yeah. to another country so they right. were like put him on the air force plane yeah take him to canada yeah we don't care <laughs> we do not care fair <laughs> Um, so he was placed into solitary confinement at the Riviere des Prairies Detention Center. Mm-hmm. On June 4th, 2012, Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper said he was pleased that the suspect was arrested and congratulated the police force on their good work in apprehending him. He was like, good job, guys. Way to go, team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interim Liberal Party leader Bob Ray said the Canadians should mourn the victim rather than in any way, shape, or form celebrate Magnata's notoriety. Right, well. They're just like, yeah. be sad for the victim and the victim's family. Don't, like, glorify this fucking asshole that killed the man for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, two days later, Lynn's family arrived at Trudeau Interport Airport in Montreal, the Chinese Students and Scholars Association of Concordia University established a fund to defray expenses incurred to the Lynn family. Uh-huh. And an For, like, the and, and stuff. Yeah. Cremation. And, like, third flights to yeah. get there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. they had to come from China, you right. know? So. Right, Um And they created an award in his honor. Oh. A candlelight vigil was held in Montreal, and Magnata, at that same time, was named Canadian Newsmaker of the Year, which caused lot of controversy yeah because they were just like fuck magnata man like yeah no one cares <laughs> right um on july 16th 2013 edmonton police charged bestgore.com owner mark merrick with a corrupting public morals a rarely used obscenity charge for hosting the one lunatic one ice pig video on his website uh-huh so he uh-huh. he got in trouble too <laughs> so merrick <laughs> pled guilty to a plea and, or guilty and was in yeah. sentenced to six month conditional sentence uh yeah. Uh, after a joint submission from the Crown and Defense. He had to serve half of his six-month sentence on house arrest. Oh, okay. He got punished, too. Yeah. Which is probably good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Should probably, like, take down videos that are reported. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, come on. Common sense. Yep. June On June 19, 2012, Luca appeared in court by video link and pled not guilty to all charges. June 21st, he appeared in person at a high-security courtroom to request a trial trial by jury. Hmm. On March 11th, hmm. 2013, a, pre- a preliminary hearing began. His defense team requested a media and public ban from the hearing, but it was declined. Yeah. They were just like, no. No. Media's welcome. <laughs> <laughs> June Lin's father flew in from China to attend the hearing, oh. and several expert witnesses testified, including a forensic pathologist, a forensic toxicologist, a forensic odontologist, bloodstain analyst, mm. data recovery specialist, and an internet investigations officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prosecution also 
displayed video evidence. So uh-huh. that poor courtroom had to watch <sighs> this man get murdered. I would hate it. And his father had to watch it. Right. Like, says that both Luca and Lynn collapsed during the trial at several times. Yeah. But fuck Luca. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, no. <laughs> on April 12th, 2013, Magnata was indicted on charges of first degree murder, offering in- indignities to offering indignities to a human body, distributing obscene materials, using the Postal Service to distribute obscene mm. materials, and criminal harassment. During his trial for murder, defense witness provided evidence that Luca Magnata had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia as a teenager, claimed hearing voices and all this other shit, which is just like, that's cool, you still did what you did. Right. A number of psychiatrists over the years noted that Magnata displayed antisocial, borderline, histronic, and narcissistic traits, mm. and the prosecution accused him of pretending to be schizophrenic to use it as a plea in his yes, case for yeah. not guilty. Right. But, no. During the trial, defense attorney uh, Luke LeClaire argued that Magnata was in a psychotic state at the time of the crimes and could not be held responsible for his actions. I just don't understand people <laughs> who, like... Your, your client did a bad thing. What are you fighting for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It just baffles me. Like, he's a horrible person. Let him rot. Right. Uh, the Crown Prosecutor argued that the murder of Jun Lin was organizes, organized, Jesus, and premeditated, and that Magnata was purposeful, mindful, ultra-organized, and ultimately responsible for his actions. Mm-hmm. Mag- Magnata chose not to testify during the trial. After a 12-week trial, which included 10 weeks of hearing testimony, the jury of eight women and four men received final instructions from the judge. On December 15, 2014, and were sequestered before the deliberations for the next day. Uh Um, On their eighth day of deliberation, they returned a a verdict of guilty on all charges. Magnata will serve a mandatory life sentence and will be eligible for parole in 25 years. Ugh. I know. He was also sentenced to 19 years for the other charges to be served concurrently. Oh, okay. So at the same time as his other... Yeah. Uh, Magnata filed an appeal for the convictions to be annulled and a new trial ordered. The appeal was filed with the Quebec Court of Appeal and his defense counsel, Luke Leclerc, citing judicial error in jury instruction, which is just like, whatever. No. The appeal further claimed that the verdicts are unreasonable and unsupported by evidence. (laughs) What? Excuse me? I know. Right? Like... Cause not supported by evidence. Cause you have like so much evidence. everything in like the garbage bags and the suitcase and the video and, and all the, the blood. Yeah. like all the blood, like uh-huh. June Lynn's blood in his, his apartment. apartment. Like, yeah. How can you say you're not guilty? Like, mm-hmm. right. Which, or that that there's no evidence. Right. Sorry. Like no. no. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he cleaned up mm-hmm. the crime scene and left and left is to me enough that he's an organized killer and shipped body parts to places. Yeah, like. How is that not evidence? You can clearly see his face yeah. in these videos. Right. It's not even, like, hard to tell that it's him. Yeah. Just, oh. Um, but Magnata withdrew his appeal on February 18, 2015, so he's... Damn straight. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck your mother. <laughs> For real. Fuck your mother. <laughs> it's ridiculous. She, she literally tried to say that... He was being framed Framed. by a man he met when he was escorting, and he was saying that, basically said, she said that Luca told her that he was forced into killing the kittens, and that he was forced into, like, all this shit, and it's just like, 
Like, he tried to say that the murder that he did, he was doing because this man was forcing him to. And How, that he was, like, he was set, he said he was outside in a black SUV, and he called him on the phone. But I'm they sorry. They looked at his phone records, and there are no, no fucking phone, no calls. phone calls. Like, it's all fake as shit. Well, and, like... Was he holding a gun to you? Yeah, to exactly. force you. Like, in what way is he forcing you to do these things? Yeah, there's no way that anyone could force you to do anything like that. No. Yeah. No. It's so ridiculous. And the funny thing too is like it ties in with the whole movie thing because mm-hmm. the person he's saying is like blackmailing him. His name is Manny, and one of the villains in Basic Instinct is Manny. Oh. Like it's said over and over uh-huh. again. Like. It's so ridiculous. It's so strange. But his mom is just like, he didn't do it. It was forced. And it's just like... Weird. No. No. Weird. Ma? No. Ma. Open your eyes. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> I... I just... It's crazy. <laughs> We're both at a loss I literally have no words. <laughs> oh, I was just so enthralled with that, mm-hmm. like, documentary yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, like, doing my notes, I was like, there's more. So much more. There's mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I, I, that's a lot to unpack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started out heavy. <laughs> yes, we did. Well, and thank God, because confession. Yeah. Like, my topic that I chose, because we're... we're Guys, we're recording two episodes at once. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> My topics that I chose, I was like, this is going to be so great. They're not great. I'm sorry. I'm going to be the weak link for oh, these couple of I episodes. don't believe that at all. <laughs> they're just... <laughs> trust me. Oh, no. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not that great. I'm just... It's fine. It's totally fine. I have all the faith in you. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's buck fucking wild. Yeah. It's it's insane from start to finish. I honestly. hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Um, to my recollection, I'm trying to remember I listened to the Sword and Scale episode back when I was at Icon. Mm-hmm. And like like uh, I remember it like it was I last know, decade. right? <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, and uh, he only talked about the murder. Mm-hmm. But I don't even remember like the trial or anything oh, like yeah. that. I literally just yeah it's like it's so interesting because when they arrest when they arrest him and they're like taking him off of the 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 airplane Mm -hmm. and putting him in the cop car yeah he he's not like his expression is blank Mm -hmm. but like i swear to god he looks like he's like smirking Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he looks so smug proud of himself like he's getting all this attention Uh uh-huh and it's just like <sighs> through most of this it feels like the most insane case of narcissistic disorder. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To almost, extreme. Yeah, to almost everything he does mm-hmm. to me looks like narcissism. Oh yeah. And like for the views and Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And like my I don't know, my stuff's just not there wasn't as much as I wanted for my topics, both oh, of them. That's always frustrating. I was like, this is going to be so good. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a letdown. <laughs> I'm You're a never failure. let down to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so my topic, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about lobotomies. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm in. Yes. I'm in. Thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, and I wanted to- I just to... watched Shutter Island the other day. Ooh! <laughs> Speaking of lobotomies. <laughs> right. Well, and I wanted to because I feel like lobotomies are this weird, fabled thing that show up in media, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows much about them, really. It's like- I know, like, the basics. This weird- mm-hmm. And hopefully they're factual basics and not, like, <laughs> misinformation right. that I've taken as fact. <laughs> right. Well, and, and from what's been presented to- me like is that lobotomies like make you either comatose or like a vegetable or uh-huh. right they yes ruin they, your they, goddamn they flip brain a switch and shut you off yeah yeah let's see oh oh also so <laughs> i researched this i read a lot of articles a lot of things mm-hmm. and it was all just like I don't know. I felt like it was bare bones. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted from any of the articles. Mm-hmm. And my, but again, that's just me and my research is like partial at best. <laughs> it sounds to me like you did. I'm not a certified researcher. <laughs> <laughs> Researching stuff on the internet is hard, especially when like it just becomes so convoluted with like tons of links with, and like dates and, and conflicting things, dates yeah, conflicting and names. information <laughs> like someone says this happened yes. and someone else says it didn't it's yes. just like oh my god yeah but you know everything i said today was completely factual and true <laughs> not one single error i'm sure of it <laughs> i, <laughs> I didn't believe stay it. up till fucking six o'clock in the morning for subpar research <laughs> i'm just kidding i buy it i'm not that vain what do i look like luca <laughs> Please, dear God, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, So one of the things I found interesting about lobotomies is that they've been around for fucking ever. Ugh. Woof. Right. Uh, Who was the first motherfucker to be like, I'm going to stick a big sharp thing just like right through your eyeball. Right. Well, and it's like subset. So um, trepining, which is like boring a hole in somebody's Uh head, right? Yeah. Yeah. so Neolithic, Neolithic skulls, which are like 7,000 years old, mm-hmm. uh, have been found with holes bored into them. Okay. So it goes back that way. Far. Back. Way fucking back. Way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found it interesting in that pretty much every culture did it. Mm-hmm. So you can find evidence of it in every ancient culture, whatever. That is like, interesting. Mm-hmm, like in China or the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Incans. Mm-hmm you know whatever cultures yeah it's kind of like a worldwide yeah it was kind of a worldwide thing um and so some of the research i read said that they probably did it because they were trying to release evil spirits Ah. and give a hole for the spirits to go out of (laughs) right oh no (laughs) yeah oh no (laughs) yeah uh and it has a really high survival rate, mm-hmm. which is fucking bonkers. Right. But you wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what, in my theory, is why everybody kept doing it, mm-hmm. is because it was a surgery that people could survive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, bore a hole in your head, you're fine. <laughs> so like early, or like super early stage doctors where they're just like, oh, you have this problem. Maybe this will help. Yes. Like, that's, like, how doctors became a thing. Yes. 100%. <laughs> like, maybe this will help. Yeah, maybe I'll just crack your head open. <laughs> uh, so, finally, in 1888, 
there was a Swiss psychiatrist named Gottlieb Burkhardt, and he initiated what is commonly considered the first systematic attempt at modern human psychosurgery. Huh. And he operated on six chronic patients under his care at the Swiss... Somewhere. Swiss words. <laughs> Swiss words. Swiss, Swiss Prefarger? Pre, prefar, prefarger? Asylum? Beautiful. At an asylum. At a, yes. So this is going to go great. <laughs> <laughs> the French. <laughs> right. Uh, removing sections of their cerebral cortex. And according to his own assessment, two experienced no change, two patients became quieter, and one patient experienced epileptic convulsions and died a few days after the operation. (laughs) Way to go, Gottlieb. That escalated quickly. Yes. (laughs) So people didn't feel anything? Yeah, no change. No change. So he like... And this is still, we're not into what we know as lobotomies yet. Right, we're into the, the cutting the hole. We're still trepeening. The skull. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Right. But oh, still, you would think, like, you would feel some, some kind of change. Something. Like, well, and I read that a lot of people would, like, bore holes and then just, like, <laughs> shoot alcohol in there. What? I don't know why. <laughs> what? And just, like, here. Take the whiskey. <laughs> Like actual alcohol? Yes. What? Straight up alcohol. They would like squirt it into their brain. Ew. <laughs> that doesn't seem I know. good though. Right? Here okay. we are. <laughs> yeah. Strange. Uh, and then one patient improved. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> out of how many? Uh, Seven? Six. Oh, six. Six. One improvement out of six. That's not unless good you, statistics. Right. Unless you count the two that became quieter as successes. I guess it depends. Were you trying to make them quieter? <laughs> That's a common theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just want you to shut up. Right. How about some trepani? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and then other complications from the procedure uh, included motor weakness, epilepsy, sensory aphasia, and word deafness. Word deafness? <laughs> I was shrugging my shoulders. Do you think word deafness is just being deaf to all words or just specific I words? I think it's specific words. So, so somebody's weird. like, mom, and they just don't hear it. Ah, I don't care about you anymore. <laughs> no mas. <laughs> I, yeah, that's just what it said. I could, we could look it up. But deafness. yeah, word deafness. Okay. And then he claimed a success rate of 50%. False. <laughs> False. <laughs> and he presented uh, the results at the Berlin Medical Congress and published a report, uh, but the response from his medical peers was hostile, and he didn't do any further operations. Mm-hmm. Which, kind of, God bless. Yeah. That they were like, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Not leave. That's, that, that's enough. No mas. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, honey, no. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward to 1935. Okay. Uh, Antonio Egas Moniz, he was a Portuguese neurologist and developed cerebral angiography, and I'm calling it an early MRI. Okay. Basically, is what he... Yeah. He basically took images of blood vessels that are surrounding the brain okay. to see abnormalities. So, an MRI. MRI, right? Okay. Yeah. But less, like, inside the brain, but just around... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then this guy is the one that actually um, invents 
the procedure of a lobotomy. Okay. Uh, and he called it uh, too many. Okay, hold on. So <laughs> <laughs> many vowels next to each other for me. A laectomy. A laectomy. A laectomy. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it's not necessarily through the eye mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. but he deals with like he thought that a lot of mental illnesses could be cured by removing white matter fibers from the frontal lobe. Okay. Which is where lobotomies like poke when you go in through the eye, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he gets twenty volunteers. And I'm just gonna preface this with like I don't know how volunteery anybody was, mm-hmm. because pretty much everybody in this study, these twenty people, they all suffer from schizophrenia, anxiety, depression, paranoia, hallucinations. Oh. They're all mentally unwell. Yeah. So volunteer, I'm using loosely. Okay. <laughs> doesn't doesn't really sound like it applies. Right. <laughs> yes. And he performs the first one in 1935 on a 63-year-old woman who suffered from literally everything. Mm -hmm. And again, since we're back in 1935, I don't know how much of this was misunderstood as... So I don't know if they called it schizophrenia at the time or if they were just like... Right. She's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. (laughs) Or like possessed. Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty likely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have a word for it just yet. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, do the surgery, and the surgery is deemed a success. The woman is found to be calmer, less paranoid, and having a grand old time. Oh. They scraped my brain. It right? It great. <laughs> it's like floss for your brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> just gotta get in there, clean all the cracks out. <laughs> Once in a while, you know, just crack it pull the top of your skull like, off like a hot, like a top hat just get dude, in there with the floss <laughs> truly, you'll feel so much better truly uh and then uh everyone else fares pretty well in the surgeries it, he says that there are seven successes seven with mild improvement and six that are no worse than before Sounds fake, but okay. Can you be sure? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. no worse than before. Right. Well, you know, she didn't use to hit her head 14 times <laughs> just to, like, do a simple task. Yeah. Sure. No no worse than before. Oh, yeah. And here's a list of, um, what are words? What are words? Side effects. Oh. <laughs> what are words? It's a new t-shirt. What are words? Right. <laughs> Side effects. Side effects. (laughs) Increased temperature, vomiting, bladder and bowel incontinence, diarrhea, and ocular affections such as ptosis and nystagmus. I don't know what those fucking are, but I'm going to assume that you can't see good. Yeah, it sounds like it has to do with the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably not good. As well as psychological effects such as apathy, echinacea, lethargy, Timing and local disorientation, kleptomania, and abnormal sensations of hunger, which is interesting. A lot of um, the cases afterwards, like, people got really fat Uh because they got so hungry all the time. Huh. Which is interesting. That is. So I don't know if there's something in your frontal lobe that is, like, that deals with food (laughs) and maybe hunger or sensations Mm. of being full or something. 
so I could get a lobotomy to get thin. No, you'd get hungry and get fat. <laughs> I know, I know. Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like the brain stem or something that you need to poke to right. not want to so the opposite the end. The opposite end. <laughs> right. Ah, I suddenly do not feel hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Moniz uh, says that these side effects are just a transitioning period and they'll go away. I've never heard of kleptomania as a, a side effect before. <laughs> but here we are. But here we are. I know. Yeah, it's it's fucking side wild. Side effects might include kleptomania. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to steal shit. <laughs> you know, before you just pay for it. Now Not just, anymore. Now you just want to take it. You got it. sticky fingers. <laughs> Five finger discount everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um... Nobody dies from this procedure out of the 20. Nobody dies. Impressive. And he did not consider that any patients had deteriorated following the laectomy. I can't say that word. Uh, And he publishes this report. And then again, people don't take too kindly to the procedure and they are like hostile about it. They're like, no, sir, stop. But he's basically like the uh, the guy on the Hangover who's just like, but did you die? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you die? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You didn't? Okay. You don't look any worse off than you were before. <laughs> I guess it's fine. <laughs> Side note. This is all overseas, right? Like, uh-huh. we're in Europe for this shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, yes. Okay. The names <laughs> gave it away? Yes. Okay. I figured as much. Yeah. Okay, so it never really gains much ground and kind of isn't performed very often. Mm-hmm. It's just like a surgery. Uh, and then in 1937, just so just a couple years later, Amaro Fiamberti, the medical director of a psychiatric institution in Varese, uh, so we're over in like Italy now, mm-hmm. uh, first devised the transorbital procedure whereby the frontal lobes were accessed through the eye sockets. So mm-hmm. now we're into the actual lumbotomy lumbotomy shit lumbotomy lumbotomy <laughs> uh, Fiamberti's method was to puncture the thin layer of orbital bone at the top of the socket Oof. <laughs> it's Big fine oof. and then inject alcohol oh my goodness or formalin which I don't know what that is I'll take is. tequila please <laughs> <laughs> do I get to choose <laughs> I think if I'm the one having my brain poked you I should, should get, get to choose. choose and it should be a clear liquor yes for sure like <laughs> Vodka, tequila, yeah, exactly. silver rum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so he'd inject the alcohol into the white matter of the frontal lobe through the, basically, needle. So mm-hmm. like, shoot it in through the needle. Like a little syringe kind yeah. of? Yeah. Yes. Uh, using this method, while sometimes sub- substituting a luectome for a hypodermic needle. So the luectome was like this crude instrument mm-hmm. to perform the early lobotomy is stuff. it like the needle or like a pit yeah okay yeah like the big like sharp pointed mm-hmm. pick that yeah. they just pop up in there right and then it's estimated that he lobotomized about 100 patients in the period up to the outbreak of world war ii a hundred huh yeah yeah dang yeah dang dude dude right he's getting some lobotomies done Okay, but meanwhile, in America, we fucking love this shit. Lombotomies. Lombotomies. (laughs) 
Americans love lumbotomies. <laughs> We're all about it over here, which I find very interesting. That over in Europe, they're kind of just like <laughs> hostile about this yeah. procedure, and over here, we're just like everybody do it. It's Everyone great. get one. You will not regret it. Yeah. Uh, the first prefrontal lueectomy in the United States was performed at the George Washington University Hospital okay. on September 14th, 1936. So kind of at the same time as um, Fiamberti is doing shit. Okay. How do you think people learn to do lobotomies? They just gave it a try. Oh my god. I don't know. I don't know. Well... My, I guess my assumption would be is that, because there's certain, like, I don't know, all these doctors were, like, researching it, uh-huh. and I think they were just testing out the theory. I don't even think they were, like, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to see if this could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so I interesting it's to, just to be, like, you'd have to learn how to do a lobotomy somehow. Well, and then this guy that we're going to talk about in America was like, it's super easy. It takes like 10 minutes and you're in and out. And Oh, well, if it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm... You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> right. Uh, it, neurologist Walter Freeman mm-hmm. is the guy who kind of spearheaded it over here. Okay. And then his friend and colleague, the neurosurgeon, James W. Watts. So, at least we have a neurosurgeon on hand. Yeah, who might know something. Some shit. But <laughs> Freeman Freeman is, like, spearheading all of this. Okay. Uh, and then Moniz, who you remember kind of... Um, what's the word? What are words? What are words? <laughs> Created the luectomy. Uh, invented. Yes. Thought of. Yes. Did the luectomy. <laughs> yes, yes, Kay. yes. Okay, so... Uh, Freeman and Moniz um, were kind of like pen pals. Okay. So I that's how like I think a lot of information was being traded. They just talked about the lobotomies they did that yeah. day. Yeah. Basically. Uh, Freeman first encountered Moniz at the London-hosted Second International Congress of Neurology in 1935. Okay. So they met a couple years earlier, and Moniz had presented... A poster exhibit of the Portuguese neurologist's work on cerebral and geography, right? The pictures of the blood vessels and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So he presents this thing, and then Freeman is in the booth next to Moniz, mm-hmm. and they kind of strike up a friendship. There was one article that said that they were like partners, but I'm not so sure that they were actually partners. It's yeah. more just like they knew each other kind of yeah. a thing. Like, worked um, similarly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Freeman says that Moniz is, like, a sheer genius. Mm-hmm. And then, according to Freeman, if they had not met in person, it is highly unlikely that he would have ventured into the domain of frontal lobe psychosurgery. Huh. So, if Freeman hadn't have gone to this thing, he probably wouldn't have been fucking doing lobotomies yeah. all over the place. And then, okay, so, 1937... Freeman and Watts updated Lima and Moniz's surgical procedure Mm -hmm. and created the Freeman-Watts technique, also known as the Freeman-Watts Standard Prefrontal Lobotomy. Okay. Which they styled as the precision method. Sure. Sounds fake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fake as fuck. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 
Uh, Freeman gets the idea to start approaching the surgery in a similar fashion to Fee and Bertie by going in through the eyeball. Mm-hmm. And in 1945, he, Freeman, takes an ice pick from his own kitchen. Oh, God. And starts testing the idea on a grapefruit. <laughs> and I'm not sure what that means. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think a grapefruit's the same. <laughs> okay. He also tested it out on cadavers, so there's that. Okay. Which is more logical. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't fucking know. I'm more assuming educational. In my, in my brain, I'm picturing it that he was trying to get the ice pick between the meat of the fruit and the skin. Uh-huh. And like... Right, just like edge it, like figure Around, out the yeah. best way to, uh-huh. to arch it to, yeah. to achieve that. Uh-huh. I, without just like... Yeah. Digging right into the fruit. Fucking in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, so here is the actual procedure of a transorbital lobotomy. Okay. Uh, you lift the upper eyelid and place the point of a thin surgical instrument, often called an orbitoclast mm-hmm. or the lu- luectome. Okay. That we talked about before. And then under the eyelid, so. Right? So you're going to shove it up in through, like, above and then around the mm-hmm. eye. Right. Does this make sense? Okay. Yeah, like the top of your eye, uh-huh. your eyebrow, or not yes. eyebrow, like the base the, of your eyebrow. Right, yeah. The yeah. eye socket bone. Mm-hmm. You're going to go fucking up, up and over. Yep. 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 And then, <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> A mallet is then used to drive the orbitoclast through the thin layer of bone and into the brain. Along the plane of the bridge of the nose. So you're gonna, so like in an angle, you're gonna fucking go in that way. I hate it. I hate it. And just the part with the mallet where she's. Yes, like dink, dink, Uh dink. Ah! Uh huh. No, 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 no. Right? Right? (sighs) I'm not about that life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're gonna go around 15 degrees toward the interhemispherical fissure, your fucking brain. (laughs) The orbitoclast was... That's science for brain. Right. (laughs) The orbitoclast was malleted five centimeters into the frontal lobe. And I don't know how you gauge how you can mallet five centimeters and not go too far. Yeah. For real. And, like, like, wouldn't people, like, different people, their depth would be different. I assume. Right? I assume. Like, maybe they have a bigger, like, bone nose Mm -hmm. for you to, like, puncture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Like, there's no way everybody is created equal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. not with our our brains and our bones. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just facial structure. Exactly. (sighs) Yeah, no way. That's bizarre. Mm Mm-hmm. Bizarre land. Yeah. So, you're malleted five centimeters in, right? (laughs) Okay. Then pivot 40 degrees at the orbit perforation, so the tip cut toward the opposite side of the head toward the nose. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. So I feel like you're just, like, rainbowing in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's gross. That is very gross. The instrument was returned to the neutral position and sent a further two centimeters into the brain before being pivoted around 28 degrees each side. To cut outwards and again inwards. Yeah, so it's like you're just fucking swirling around in their brain, basically. Yeah. You're, like, cutting little grooves into it. Yeah. Yeah. In the frontal lobe, just like... Gross. It, it is. It's so gross. It's so gross. 
Don't fuck with my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so one year later, he actually starts doing it on actual patients in 1946. Mm-hmm. So some time has passed from when he started. Right. When he started learning to do lobotomy? Mm-hmm. He started around, like, 1937. Mm-hmm. And now we're 1946. He's doing the, the, like, actual, like, what we think of when we think of lobotomy. Right. Is With where we're at now. The mallet and the pick. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 1946. Uh, in 1949, our Portuguese friend, Antonio, uh, he gets a Nobel Prize for his work. Ah. Oh. They love the way you poke brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You poke brain good. Yeah. Good man. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is so strange. Like, it's not that long ago. Right? It's It's such a weird procedure that's not that... Yeah. Yeah. It's not that long ago. Uh, And they were also performed pretty much until, like, the 1980s. Do they still do lobotomies anywhere today? Mm, I don't think so. Not that I saw. Hmm. Because, at least not that they're supposed to. Right. Because (laughs) it's all medication now, right? Mm -hmm. Because the lobotomies were usually performed on mentally unwell people, mentally ill people. And and now now there's actual medication for people like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get to some numbers, shall we? Ah, numbers. In the United States, approximately 40,000 people were lobotomized. Jesus. Which is a lot considering the time frame, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like... 40,000? 40, 40,000. Good night. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in England, roughly 17,000. And again, these are about numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. Not exact. Yeah. 17,000. Um, and then Denmark, Norway, and Sweden had a combined figure of roughly 9,300. Um Sweden lobotomized at least 4,500 people between 1944 and 1966, mainly women. Of course. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, of course. We're hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then all these figures also include young children, which is really a sad aspect that a lot of kids got lobotomized that should not have gotten lobotomized. Oh, yeah. Uh, I read this story about this guy who is, like, still alive today. Mm -hmm. He got lobotomized when he was 12. Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And he lives a normal life. He survived the surgery just fine. Right. But he's always felt really ashamed of himself. And this surgery that got forced on him when he was 12. Yeah. And it's because his stepmom was a vindictive fuck. Jesus. And, like, in my opinion. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because she said that he was a savage child, and he wouldn't listen, and he would daydream a lot, and he wouldn't go to bed. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, so he was an average 12-year-old boy. Yeah, basically. That's just a kid. Yeah. So ridiculous. Uh, And she, like, couldn't handle it, and so she found the doctor, and the dad just kind of went along with it. Uh. And, yeah. That's so sad. It is so sad. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's no good reason to lobotomize a child. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <sighs> I mean, at least I don't think. <laughs> right. There's definitely medications for whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in Japan, the majority of lobotomies were performed on children with behavior problems. <laughs> Excuse me. And then the Soviet Union banned the practice in 1950 on moral grounds, and Japan soon followed suit. Good. So, at least they did something. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) 
uh, in Germany, it was only performed a few times, like, next to never. Mm-hmm. The Germans were like, no, thank you. We're not about that. Yeah. Yep. There's one guy who was curious, and then he did it, and he was, <laughs> he was like, like, no, no. not for me. <laughs> did not like that experience. <laughs> Um, by the late 1970s, the practice of lobotomy had generally ceased, although it continued into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1977, the U.S. Congress, during the presidency of Jimmy Carter, created the National Committee for the Protection of Human Subjects of Biomedical and Behavioral Research. <laughs> Mouthful. <laughs> yes. Uh, he created this committee to investigate allegations that psychosurgery, including lobotomy techniques, was used to control minorities and restrain individuals' rights. Jeez. Uh-huh. The committee concluded that some extremely limited and properly performed psychosurgery could have positive side effects. Right. But it's done right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which... Yeah. I, <laughs> but how? Yeah. I feel like poking into people's brains is never... No. I, I mean... I mean... Not for <laughs> mental stuff. No, 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 no. Just, like... Don't fuck with the brain if it's not broken. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. not physically broken. Like, if you have to perform brain surgery because, like, yeah. there's, like, a blood clot or, like, something, you know, mm-hmm. sure. But, like, lobotomies just don't seem necessary in any circumstance. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then there have been calls in the early 21st century for the Nobel Foundation to rescind the prize that it awarded to Moniz for developing mm. lobotomies. Okay, take that back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't reward No. Him, Slap him on the hand. Yeah. A decision that has been called an astounding error of judgment at the time and one that psychiatry might still need to learn from. No. But the foundation declined to take action and has continued to host an article defending the results of the procedure. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Why, though? Like, what if it was your child? I know. I know. Like, or your spouse, or I don't know. Right. Well, and, like, to me, that's the big part of, like, big problem with lobotomies is that they were generally performed on people that had no say in the matter. Yeah. It was forced on pretty much everybody, from my understanding, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. Because you can't really consent to something like that if you're too mentally unstable mm-hmm. unwell it's like if you're a paranoid schizophrenic yeah you can't be like oh, yeah, I'll, hey i'll totally do that i yeah. just feel like that's taking advantage of people yeah in a bad way and then kids oh kids are the worst one yeah. yeah well and then no kid would ever agree to that shit right <laughs> no matter how you pose it to them <laughs> right and the only thing i ever saw about like how it was there was no anesthesia mentioned much Oof. so most of the time you were electroshocked into Ooh, unconsciousness. What? And then the surgery was performed. So, like, shocking your so, system. Yeah. Like, potentially, like, causing future heart problems right. and shit. Like, no. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm good. So, lobotomies of today. Yes. What you asked. There's a lobotomy-like procedure called the lobectomy. Uh, that's gaining popularity. Okay. And the reason is because it's a really good way to treat extreme cases of epilepsy. Okay. As well as other seizure disorders. Uh, over time, epileptic seizures can cause irreparable damage to the brain. Uh, so it's often considered better to disconnect the two hemispheres of the brain. Right. So that grand mal seizures can't happen anymore. So... 
I mean, has yeah. that at least been proven to actually help with yeah. the problem? Yeah. Yeah. See, then there you go. <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, there's a, there was an article in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, reported that a randomized controlled trial of epilepsy patients getting the surgery revealed that indeed it is probably the best treatment we have in these difficult cases. Huh. Uh, and then unlike Freeman's, these, these surgeries are performed in a very, very precise way. Oh, okay. By like very well-trained so surgeons. It's a lot more safe. Yes. And like the success yes. rate's probably higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like the, the, problem i guess the takeaway the problem is that um most patients uh they have a slightly different personality than mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and but they after that generally live a normal life um okay and they're more likely to survive that surgery right. than the seizures which mm-hmm. will cause them permanent brain damage yeah so that makes sense yeah so that's where we are with lobotomies Okay. That was it. That's a little more acceptable than than just fucking going in through somebody's eye socket. Putting an ice pick up there and being like, right. donk, donk. Yes. Pinballing <laughs> around. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah. That's lobotomies. That's you cool. Go. That's yeah. cool. I liked it. Oh, good. I was like, it wasn't bad. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I, I just feel like it wasn't that exciting. But I think it was pretty exciting. It was, is I? I mean, I didn't really know that much about, like, like you said, it's like what you see in this movies. This weird fabled thing, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like pretty much it. It's yeah. just like, oh, those are bad. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I also, like, yeah, I I did make the assumption that if you got a lobotomy that you were a vegetable mm-hmm. or, like... Right. Just catatonic. Brain dead, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's it was a weirdly survivable procedure. Yeah, it's interesting to know that people could actually get a lobotomy and live a normal life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it happened a lot. Uh, there were, a, again, a lot of cases where things didn't go well. Um, right. Uh, JFK is somebody? <laughs> somebody somebody related to JFK got a lobotomy and they were a vegetable. Yeah. But it didn't happen to everybody. It was just... Case Very, to case, I guess. Yeah. Or, like, maybe those, maybe the bad ones were just botched. Like, they just did it wrong. Right. You know? Absolutely. Because it wasn't that precise, yeah, which in my is, opinion. Which is the part that stresses me out. Because it's just, like, you're just sticking a big piece of yeah. metal through flesh and bone. And, like, can you see what you're doing? I No. It's all a blind procedure. Yeah. There's no way that that's safe or accurate. Because even, <laughs> even when they were boring holes in people's heads, mm-hmm. it was generally on the side. Yeah. It's like you can't see the frontal lobe from mm-hmm. the side. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't ever seem that precise to me. Yeah. But yeah. It just that's, seems like a huge gamble. Right. Not uh-huh. one that's worth it. <laughs> I'll keep my schizophrenia, thank Thanks. you. <laughs> Let me keep the voices. Right. I prefer them to the ice pick. <laughs> well, should we sign off? Uh, yeah. Okay. That was a good one. Good. It um, was good. That was a lot. Yeah. I'm going to put the episode up when it's that time. And yeah. it'll be in all the places it's usually on. You know where on. it's going to be. <laughs> it'll be on the places. On all the platforms. Basically anywhere you can find a podcast. It's it's going to be there. It's probably on there, yeah. The only one we're not on is SoundCloud. Yeah, that's true. That's literally it. So everywhere else, go have fun. Go. Find us. Suffer like we did. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> 
suffer with us deathies <laughs> well uh, thanks for listening have fun yes thank you thank you for listening yeah, yeah. that's but, it that's it G- yeah. goodbye. goodbye wait do we need to plug the actual socials or twitter uh, and instagram or we do that later let's do it let's do it later just because we should get episodes back up first and then and then we'll plug socials. shit okay yes well so. if you don't know by now figure it out <laughs> If you don't know by now, listen to one of the next ones. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, we have those. Okay. Somewhere. <laughs> okay, goodbye, okay. don't okay. die. Goodbye, don't die, bye. <laughs>